Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Pineapple Pizza podcast discusses the histories, cultures, and beliefs of regions around the world. These stories often contain mature and sometimes disturbing content that may not be suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome back, dear listeners. This is Take Two. Welcome to Pineapple Pizza Podcast, where we discuss mythology, cryptozoology, and urban legends. It's an interesting combination of flavors. Weird, but it works. Today's special is not Japanese cryptids like I have listed on my board, but actually (laughs) Greco-Roman cryptids. And I am your very weird and disorganized host, Emily. And I'm Ashley, and I am also weird and disorganized. (laughs) And I'm Lindsay, and same. <laughs> we make quite a team. <laughs> and yet somehow we all manage to get here at the same time. Yep. It's all right. We're kind of killing it, except for the clap thing, which I can't get right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think any of us can get that right. So today I am doing Greco-Roman cryptids. So my sources for my first story are eekwee.org. <laughs> And for those of you that may not be familiar with Eekwe, it's E-E-K-W-I dot org. Go ahead and tell me how to pronounce that anyway, but the way that I did. Aroundturin.com, visitmuseum.com, italymagazine.com, britannica.com, and wikipedia. So first we're going to head to Lake Como in Lombardy, Italy. And this is a beautiful Y-shaped lake. It sits in the pre-Alpine mountains just north of Milan, and it's near the Italy-Switzerland border. So it's right, it's not technically in the Alps, the big mountain range, but it's set in things that are, hills that are big enough that you would look at them and go, that's a mountain. But it's pre-Alpine. Baby mountains. Baby mountains. Mini mountains. Mm-hmm. Oh, mini mountains. It's like when you have the waves in your hair, and then they're just little bitty waves at the bottoms. <laughs> and, <laughs> yes, the baby waves. My baby waves. <laughs> My baby waves are a tingling. So this lake, it was formed by glaciers thousands of years ago, and it currently has an area of 146 square kilometers. Which, for those of you who don't speak kilometers, that is 56 square miles. Thank you. You're I don't welcome. speak kilometers. I don't I definitely don't speak square kilometers. 
Lake Como is the third largest by surface area in Italy and the fifth deepest in all of Europe at over 400 meters deep, which is 1,300 feet. Dang. Yeah, so it's deep. Uh, So just for comparison, it is approximately the same depth as Lake Superior, which is the deepest of the Great Lakes in North America, and twice the depth of the famous Loch Ness in Scotland. Hmm. That gives you an idea. During the 20th century, the lake gained a bit of a reputation as home to a lake monster that is reminiscent of Nessie. Big surprise, all lake monsters are. But there are conflicting reports of when the first sighting occurred. Several sites stated that on November 18th of 1946, two hunters were wandering around by the North Shore of the lake. Lake Como. (laughs) (laughs) Clarification. (laughs) Just got to make sure it's clear. When they spotted something that was near the water. So they see this thing that's moving around and it's a creature like they've never seen before. It is 10 to 12 meters long, which is 32 to 39 feet, with reddish scales all along its body, which I can imagine you're kind of going, hmm, that does not look terribly familiar. Pretty sure I didn't see that in any of the Autobahn magazines. So these reports (laughs) claim that the hunters fired at the creature, which, of course, rapidly swims out to the middle of the lake, and then it turns at them, and it's like a, it gives them a little bit of a fuck you and disappears. <laughs> well, they deserved it. They were just like, what's that? Don't know. Shoot it. Yeah. It just it swims out there. It's like, you suck, and then dives under the water. It flipped them off. The same thing. God. Can't really blame it. No. I mean, from what I understood, they were just firing to scare it. They weren't firing to shoot it. A likely story. Yeah, right. They're hunters. Yeah, you're just out here to scare everything in the woods. Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Totes. The other potential first report occurred in 1949. And this is from a fisherman who claimed that he had seen something he also couldn't explain. So either way, the earliest known sightings date back to the 1940s. From what I understand about the fisherman, the only details I could find was... Hey, there was this fisherman in 1949. He saw something. He can't explain it. The end. Thanks for the deets, guys. It really helps clear it up. <laughs> That's not how you tell a story you're doing. It's, this is how you're starting your story out. There's a guy. He saw a thing. He don't know what it was. The end. Beginning. Middle. End. Payoff is important. And in Ashley's story, climax was really important. I was throwing a double entendre in there for you. I know. I saw that eyebrow. How are you doing? (laughs) (laughs) I was going to say his foot wasn't the only thing that was swollen. (laughs) (laughs) I regret nothing. Oh, I don't know. How do I segue to my next thing? (laughs) Well, I can give you a nickname. Okay. So, following these sightings, the creature of the lake became known as Larry. <laughs> Larry? Aww. Larry. That's Larry cute. the lake monster? Larry the lake monster. It's uh, short for Lariosaur or Lariosaurus. Mm. Oh. I just like that it was named Larry. That's Larry cute. was cute. Larry is cute. It's oh a very un Italian name. Well, but Larry hey, O'Sore. Larry! <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what he sounds like. <laughs> it's me! My name is Larry! I'd like to 
Yes, we win the water. We're gonna have to create some kind of little Larry the Lariosaur like <laughs> logo, and it's gonna say "Eat to me, Larry." <laughs> <laughs> He has a little mustache. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Definitely. He can have a little uh, tool belt. For his, oh my god. <laughs> his plumber tools. I don't know what that thing was. Larry. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like he's as unexcited about his name as Swollen Foot was about his. <laughs> so that's an interesting name. Where'd you get it from? Let me tell you, I actually have a story for you about where it came from. Good. So, Larry acquired its name thanks to a fossil that was found near the lake in 1830s. The fossil was of a Lariosaurus balsami. I know you all... No, I actually think it was named after the guy that found it. Like, his last name was Balsam or something. Balsam? (laughs) Balsam. I can't remember. There was a story behind Larry it. Larry Balsack. Everybody that was, was irritated. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it all comes back to the thing. <laughs> here at Pineapple Pizza. So I'm sure you guys both know what a Lariosaurus balsami is, right? No. I know you're very familiar with these guys. I'm thinking it looks kind of like a fish lizard. That's actually fairly accurate. It's an aquatic generally marine reptile that lived during the Triassic period. So that's before the first dinosaurs even walked the land, when the region was entirely underwater. Ooh. Way back when. Well, I don't know. Everything underwater is pretty mean. I'd rather be on land. I got some shit I can hide behind back here, man. They find you everywhere there. Yeah, open water terrifies me, so. To me, it's just the giant toilet bowl. I don't want to go swim where something poops. I live by Lake Erie. I live by a giant poop bowl. I'll take land. Thank you for <laughs> listening for marine biologists. <laughs> Have a good day. See, on land, when the poop when the poop comes out, it just drops and it stays there. It doesn't go floating by your face ten minutes later. Oh, hey. <laughs> Is that a candy bar? <laughs> so, okay. The fossil of the ancient animal... It, the fossil was small. It was pretty small. It only measured at about 50 centimeters, which is 20, about 20 inches. Does that make sense? Yeah, it's about right. Yeah. And it had a tiny head, long neck, and paddle-like front appendages. No swollen feet, though. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so let's get back to Larry. There were two more sightings in the 1950s. The first was in 1954, when Larry was spotted by a father and son who claimed to have seen a small creature that's only about 80 centimeters long. That's a really big difference from the 10 to 12 meters that the fishermen saw. Or not the fishermen, the hunters. And this thing had webbed feet and a rounded snout, and they reported seeing it swimming in the water. So some have speculated that this might have been like a really rare otter. But I I thought, okay, well, let's go look that up. I could not find any reports of otters around this lake. Nothing. But that doesn't mean that they're not there. It just means that I couldn't find them. Well, that'd be a really big otter. 80 centimeters long? That's not. Well, 50 centimeters is about 20 inches. Oh, I thought thought you said 80, like, inches. Sorry. No, centimeters. centimeters. Not not super big. It's probably about, what, three feet long? It's probably about an otter. Otter's length. It's a toddler's length. 
A toddler's length? You you measure in toddlers? <laughs> They're about yay big. <laughs> you know, toddler size. <laughs> so how high do you want me to hang this on the wall, honey? Oh, I don't know. Two toddlers? Three. Two and a half toddlers? <laughs> Three toddlers. Half well, I gotta toddlers. get the letter out. <laughs> all right, all right. So I don't know if it's an otter. I couldn't find any reports of otters, but that doesn't mean they're not there. It's about the right size. And the thing had a rounded snout, so maybe. Three years later, a diver in a bathysphere said that he'd seen a strange creature about 100 meters below the surface, and that's 328 feet. So he was diving. Anybody have any questions so far? Nothing like... What's a bathysphere? Thank you. I was hoping for that question. Like a giant, like, (laughs) hamster ball? Or what is it? Essentially, yeah. Yeah. So, what is a bathysphere, you ask? That's a good question. I don't have that specifically written into my notes or anything. <laughs> well, I that's re- good. <laughs> this is very off the cuff. <laughs> this is just common knowledge for my brain. Yep, yep. No, I, I, when I was reading it, I was like, what the fuck is that? So I looked at the, <laughs> the hell is this thing? It is a sphere, a spherical steel submarine thingy. It's a submersible. Yeah. And it, it could be manned or it could be unmanned. And it's meant for deep aquatic observations. So somebody was down inside of it. I don't know what exactly they were looking for. I couldn't find any records of why they were down there. But regardless of the original purpose of the dive, the diver inside saw something unexpected that day. Or was it? So when, what, I'm sorry, what time period did that happen? This is 1954. Okay. Wait, no. 1957. Okay. So apparently they were still using crappy-ass bathyspheres in 1957, but it is Italy, so fascism. Whatever. Whoa. <laughs> How do you really feel? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> fascism will set you back, so don't do it, guys. So, when he was down there, he described an animal that was roughly two meters long, so that's six and a half feet. So I have come to recognize that I am not even two meters long. It's okay, I'm not either. I'm not even close, man. <laughs> Remember last episode, vertically challenged? Not even close. <laughs> she can't reach the top shelf, guys. Oh, no, dude, I'm, I can't even reach the middle shelves. What are you talking about? <laughs> like, you need to I add was... a toddler. I do need to add a Emily toddler. and a toddler. At least a half a toddler. <laughs> Not half toddler. <laughs> Can we make half toddler step stools? <laughs> I, I want to make you a step stool that's just like the bottom half of like a little toddler mannequin. Is it like, just like four feet pointing in it. different directions with some like toddler overalls on it? And a little white tennis shoes. Oh my god. Patent pending. No one steal that one. We're trademarking it. <laughs> Emily and a half toddlers like <laughs> Oh, where was I? Oh yeah, he was describing the animal. Yeah. <laughs> so it's six and a half feet long. It has a head like a crocodile and reptilian feet. And that's about what he describes. Nobody gets into too much detail. I went through site after site after site. Nobody gets terribly detailed. They're just like, I saw this thing. It was weird. So then if it looked like a crocodile, did it have a really long snout? Or did it just have, like, the rounded snout? They don't say. It just says, head like a crocodile. But it does kind of tie into one of my other stories today a little bit, so... 
Maybe there is something going on that we don't know about. Anyway, we'll keep moving on with this one. The last known sighting of Larry happened in 2003 when what was described as a giant eel was spotted in the lake. And it was roughly 10 to 12 meters long, so the same length as that original sighting. But some think that it may have actually been a school of fish, which would be interesting. But they are known. I mean, if you get a whole group of fish, the way that they can kind of... the Their movement is can be wave-like, right? So if it's up near the surface and it's kicking up water and you can't really tell that it's not one creature, one organism from the shore, you might not recognize that. So then was its body described more like slender and snake-like or was it just kind of kind of squat with like a long tail but there was no like there, anything other than the head and the feet basically the descriptions for this thing are all over the place so that's a big part of why a lot of skeptics don't even believe in this thing at all this is part of why it is a cryptid because there's no real evidence whatsoever that, that it exists and the descriptions range from hey this thing is 20 inches long to hey it's 12 meters long right because i was gonna say like because the one was super tiny Mm -hmm. the other ones are really big i'm like so wait what one has a crocodile head the other one has a rounded snout one is covered in scales the other one has reptilian feet sometimes it has paddle feet some describe it like an eel it's all over the place so don't know it's kind of like the platypus could you imagine, like, describing a platypus way back when, before like, yeah, right? you actually saw what it looked like? Mm-hmm. They think that you were taking cocaine. Like Freud. Freud. <laughs> <laughs> I have discovered the platypus. Oh my god. That was... Yes. I was write a book about it. And how it has sex. You see, the duck means the beaver. <laughs> Here's the thing, I'm over here like, ducks have a corkscrew penis, though. So how would that I work? I literally just had that conversation with Maddie earlier today. Because we answered the question, would you rather fight ten duck-sized horses or one horse-sized duck? And I was like, the idea of fighting a horse-sized duck is no. horrifying because you'd have a giant corkscrew penis, like, potentially being used as a weapon against you. And she was like, oh my god, I forgot about that. And I was like, no, you can punt little horses around like, very easily, but I do not want to have to deal with a giant corkscrew penis. I'm sorry. I'm just picturing you kicking a little tiny horse and just sending it flying. <laughs> Me! Get out of here, tiny horse! And I just say that nature came up with some pretty messed up penises because cats have messed up penises. They're barbed. Yeah. It's I like know. that medieval weapon that has all the spikes on it. They're barbed. And then dragonflies, they have like prehensile penises. They can just... kind of like a monkey, like a monkey tail. A but like a like a, a, goes, a worked mm-hmm. monkey tail because the one hooks up in and it holds her so that she can't get away while he's like. <laughs> <laughs> I picture he's using one of his little, like, legs to, like, twirl his tiny little dragonfly mustache while he's doing it. (laughs) Everything has a mustache. And then he ties her to a railroad track later. (laughs) Dudley Do-Right comes along to save the day. (laughs) On a moose. On a moose. Because there has But is it a duck-sized moose? Oh my god! (laughs) The tiniest moose! (laughs) 
This got weird. <laughs> All right, back, we to Larry, the, back to yes. Larry, the weird creature. Back to Larry. Okay. <laughs> so we had our last sighting in 2003. Obviously, there are quite a few skeptics for reasons that we discussed. Um, and it's really not surprising. Like I said, that the descriptions vary wildly from one to the next. Um, and the sightings didn't begin until the 1940s, even though this area has been inhabited throughout the history of Italy. Like, it's a nice area. It's a good place for people to go live. And they have lived there for a long-ass time. If you it want sounds, the specific dates, lovely. Google it, because I don't have those for you. <laughs> <laughs> Google it. All we have are Not doing facts. all the work for you. Facts you don't want about penis. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we bring to this table. <laughs> and Along with you your grateful? pizza. <laughs> and family jewels. Mm-hmm. And that familiar flavor. Oh, pizza with a side of penis facts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so believers say that this thing is a leftover from the Triassic period, which is what they say like for Loch Ness and other of the creatures of this type around the world. They believe that as the water receded, the Lyriosaurus were trapped and in the um, over time, they evolved in the environment of the lake, which is entirely possible. I mean, we we find all the time as biologists that we don't know what we think we know about what has survived to this day and what has gone extinct or what has evolved. I mean, the coelacanth. Do you guys know what the coelacanth is? I don't. So the coelacanth is known as a living fossil because it was thought to be extinct millions and millions of years ago. It's a fish. That lives off the coast of Madagascar. Deep sea fish. Thought to be extinct for millions and millions of years. Until in the early 1900s, they found them. And it is essentially unchanged across those millions of years. But it's still alive, so it's a living fossil. So we do see this happen from time to time. Things that we think were extinct are not. We just don't know about enough about them. Our world is too big. So it's entirely possible that there was something that stuck around. I don't think that's the case here, though. Yeah. Why are the descriptions so different if it's Yeah, real? that's, I mean, the descriptions from the very first with red scales are nothing like anything else. So I think, I'm guessing that that water is some nasty ass water and they just can't see what, what they think they're seeing. Like they don't have a clear view through that water. I just Googled a picture of it. Of the coelacanth? Mm-hmm. It's an ugly dude. It is so ugly. It is. <laughs> It does look like a living fossil, doesn't it? It does. It's gross. It, it looks like a dinosaur fish, but they're really cool. Yeah. And it's been it's not uh, nearly. It's not nearly as cute as that four hundred year old shark that was going around with like the zero teeth in its mouth. <laughs> it oh, like, the one from um, off the coast of Greenland. Yeah, they can live to be several hundred years old. Yeah, they're yeah. crazy. She was really cute. She was <laughs> just like, "I'm just old and got no teeth, and I'm just floating around here." <laughs> Grandma shark do 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 Lost my teeth do 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 do. Ashley's like, I don't know this song. No, I do. I just googled Lake Como to see what the water looks like. I know that now there has been there's been a lot of industrialization around the lake, which may have occurred. That makes sense. If there's a lot of industrial industrialization. If there's quite a good amount of industrialization occurring around the water and it's dumping into it, 
The 1940s would have been a prime time for industrialization to kick up and peak. Middle of a war. What are you going to be doing? Pumping shit out. Going to make some dirty water. 1950s? Probably still pretty gross. Makes it hard to see. Either way. You're not wrong. Either way, it's a really popular cryptid in the region. Um, It's inspired at least two books. They're both in Italian, so I can't say the names. Other than that they have Lariosaurus or Lariosoro in the name. Like, at all. I can't even try. I tried. It was bad. <laughs> I just, like, no, it's not going to happen. You were just like, it's a me, Larry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it doesn't look like that to Americans. To Italians, that's what they read. But the rest of us were like, mm-hmm. But I can give you when they were published and the author, in case you want to go look them up and learn some more about Larry. So the first one was published in 2000 by Giovanni Galli. And the other came out... a strong Italian name. It is a very strong Italian name. And the other one came out in 2012 by Emmanuel Pagiani. Both very Italian. So that is Larry, the Lariosaurus of Lake Como, Italy. Hi, friends. Hi. Welcome to They're Terrified and Tipsy. I'll start. Okay. My name is Courtney. Uh, I love long walks on the beach, Mm -hmm. white wine, and I absolutely love scary movies. And I'm Stephanie. I also love long walks on the beach. I love white wine, but I absolutely hate (laughs) scary movies. So Stephanie, Mm -hmm. can I ask you a question? Please. Why in the hell would you want to watch scary movies and do a podcast on scary movies when you hate them? Oh, that's easy um, because you forced me. Mm, that's that's true. <laughs> but you know what? Hmm. There's wine. Yeah. So I'm basically only here for the wine. <laughs> lots and lots of wine. <laughs> We're going to need it. <laughs> well, since we have very different feelings about scary movies, we decided to share our emotional struggles with you all. Yeah. So grab a glass of wine, your mm-hmm. favorite couch blanket, and get comfy and enjoy the ride with us. Also, you can find their Terrified and Tipsy on Instagram and Twitter, plus all the podcast platforms. For links, head over to tipsypod.com. Cheers! So now we're going to head to Sicily. Did I? Oh, yeah. Oh, I forgot I did this story. (laughs) I'm so excited! I was like, Sicily, that doesn't sound right, because I was thinking (laughs) I was doing the next story after this. Oh, this is a good one. Let me clean my glasses for this one. I got too excited. (laughs) Oh my god. I got too excited. I sprayed it and I shouldn't have. And somehow I got my glasses. That's a skill. (laughs) All right. So we're going to Sicily for this one. Some delectable tales about fairies. What? Yes, this is so cool. I love this one. I wanted to do this one so badly. So my sources for this story are Britannica.com fairylore.tumblr.com, barteredhistory.wordpress.com, Wikipedia, aminoapps.com, whatever that is, the oddmentemporium.tumblr.com. Sicily is the largest island in the Mediterranean Sea, and civilization goes back millennia there. I mean, it's been settled forever since the dawn of man, almost. 
For several hundred years, beginning in the 1500s, Sicily was ruled by Spain. I didn't realize this. It was actually ruled um, Italy. Got split up quite a bit. They were ruled by France and um, Spain and I think one other, maybe Turkey for a while. Poor Italy. They weren't Italian for a long ass time. So in this time period that we're going over, they're ruled by Spain. Do you guys remember what was going on in the 1500s in Spain? What's the big thing Spain's famous for during that period? Oh, shit. Burn you witches! Burn! No. Not a witch! Not a witch! The Inquisition? Yes. So during this period, the Sicilian people were subjected to the same infamous Inquisition that led to the torture and deaths of so many people around Europe. Although I found out um, from a couple of podcasts and some other websites that the Inquisition methods used by the Spanish were not, like, the torture that they did was not nearly as bad as, like, the British torture. The British tortured everybody. And the Spanish were like, we're not going to really do that unless we have some kind of evidence or reason to believe you're actually doing something bad. Which I thought was interesting. At least some people had some sense of human decency, question mark. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Weird, I know, right? I guess um, a lot of the Spanish Inquisition history was written by British authors. Well, yeah. So they're like, screw those Spaniards. Anyway, so yeah, Sicily, owned by the Spaniards during the Spanish Inquisition. And as was wanted to happen with the Inquisition, people in Sicily were accused of heresy and witchcraft. Well, yeah. One group accused of witchcraft was known as the Donas de Fueras, or Ladies from the Outside. Unsurprisingly, with a name like Ladies from the Outside, the covens were overwhelmingly composed of women who were generally not considered to be super well-off, even by peasant standards, so these were poor women. Each group was composed of between 5 and 12 people, but not all of them were always human. Hmm. Because familiars. No. No. Good guess, though. So, interestingly, the name that's associated with the group and with the Inquisition was actually the name of the fairies that they spoke with. And each group had a leader, which was often a fairy. Oh, cool. And there were there could be multiple fairies in a group. It might not. It could be like 50-50, humans, fairies. The leader was known as Queen of the Fairies, the Greek Lady, or the Wise Sibyl. The leader was always considered to be either a beautiful, youthful man or woman that would be dressed in red, black, or white. So they had taste. Despite their beauty, there was usually some kind of tell that gave away their non-human status. So these were things like, pig's tail, that corkscrew coming into play again there, huh, Lindsay? Mm-hmm. Some had hooves, some had cat paws, others had strangely rounded feet that remind me of the movie The Witches. <laughs> you <told> me. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but on a, a something that looks like a human, that would be a little weird. Somebody that comes up to weird. pet your face, and they're like, <laughs> <laughs> "Just imagine." Like, <laughs> I'm pretty sure they wouldn't appreciate that. You're out of the coven. Sorry, <laughs> I get it. Look at the Just so cute. So these beautiful fairies would pick and choose the people that were generally women that they wanted to reveal themselves to, and these people were said to. They were considered by the fairies to possess sweet blood. I don't know if that means they were good people, if they were just, you know how some people think that kids have a certain 
sixth sense that they're more receptive to things. I'm kind of wondering, maybe that's what the sweet blood was, that they're more receptive to the fairies? I don't know. More open to... They're more open to some of the experiences that are to come, which I think Ashley's going to find some of these interesting. Oh, I'm sorry. I feel like I interrupted you. You said some of them had, like, rounded feet? Yeah. Yep. Oddly rounded feet. So, like, no toes. Like the witches. You'd fall over. Walking would be hard. Walking would be hard. But we'll get to it later. They fly. Okay. Okay. They're fairies. Of course. (laughs) Fair enough. So there was one woman that got, she was interrogated by the Inquisitors. And she told stories of her encounters with the fairies. She said that once they had made contact with their chosen humans, they would take them to Benevento. I want to say Bienvenuto every time I see it. It's Benevento, which was a town in Naples on mainland Italy. She claimed that when she'd gone, they'd flown there on... What do you think they flew on? A bird. Ashley, what's your guess? A unicorn. You're a little closer. It did have four legs. It was a magic goat. They flew on magic goats. (laughs) Oh, that's the best. I want a magic goat. (laughs) I mean, I guess with the... Like the horn, so you can steer it. <laughs> like, thanks for flying on Go Air. This is your <laughs> captain. We're coming in for a landing. <laughs> Get off quickly. They like to stop to eat. <laughs> <laughs> Abrupt stops. Okay, so they flew on magic goats, and when they arrived, they landed in this field, and it has a platform at the center, and it's got these two chairs, and on the chairs, on the platform, in the middle of the field that they flew to on magic goats. From Sicily to mainland Italy. We're talking, this is a this is a trip. There's a beautiful woman that the fairies call the queen. And whatever the hell this is, it's a red-colored teenage boy. Who knows what that means? Red-colored teenage boy. Is he legitimately red? I don't so know. It's the devil. <laughs> <laughs> but he was the king. Teenage boy. Of course he's the king. Swollen foot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> swollen foot, swollen head <laughs> so the woman was told that they would give her fortune, they'd give her beauty and all the young men she would ever desire to make love to but there's um, a catch yes. nope, sold <laughs> <laughs> I don't care what the catch is yes please <laughs> beauty, wealth, yes young men mm-hmm. she could no longer worship as a catholic that's the catch she had to worship them instead. Womp, That's the womp. best deal ever. <laughs> you mean I don't have to go to church four times a week and have them tell me that everything I do is a sin? Dang it. I don't know if I could take this deal. Best deal. Sorry, Catholicism. Your religion's hard. You mean they don't know. have to kneel every two seconds? Mm-hmm. <sighs> yeah, especially... Catholicism in the 1500s when they're literally burning people. <laughs> so she agreed. Big surprise. She agreed. They ate. They danced. They, um, well, there was a group of them and they did some things. Orgy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently the fairies were known for their raging orgies. So <laughs> Listen, it sounds like a good time to me. Mm-hmm. And apparently the fairies held up their end of the bargain. Everybody was pretty happy. And so that's her story. There are also others that reported the same thing of going to Benevento. I'm going to say Bienvenuto every time. Benevento. 
and they describe everybody describes it as though it's a dream like they didn't go almost kind of like they astral projected like their physical body didn't go but they were there with the magic flying goat with the magic flying goat they astral projected on a magic flying goat i want one of those goats right now that makes me wonder if, if the ghost is or the ghost the goat is actually astral projecting too if it's like astral projecting together and that's how it flies you're like twinning astral projection with yeah. a goat. And you're just like, hey, what are you doing here? I don't know, what are you doing here? Let's go together <laughs> and find out what's happening. And the oh, goats I'm on my back. The goats are like, you know, everybody thinks I'm just some idiot, but here I am, super enlightened. <laughs> Check me out. You head into an orgy. So. <laughs> yeah. A really good orgy with no Catholicism <laughs> and no burden people. <laughs> Yeah, it sounds pretty sweet, doesn't it? It sounds perfect. And they're in this nice magic field, so he's probably like, sweet, I can just graze while they're doing their thing. And then we'll fly back. It'll be great. Makes me feel like they could only do that in the summer, though. Out in a field. Although the bugs, man. Sucks outdoors. Like, why? Because fairy orgy. (laughs) There you go. That's fair. (laughs) So the fae didn't only visit the net... the one town that they take everybody to. <laughs> they didn't only go there. It's apparently a town that they changed the name of because the town name before meant that it was like cursed and evil. And they're like, well, we got to get rid of this bad idea. So they changed it to something that means it's super good. <laughs> like, I wonder if we cursed ourselves here. Let's Fairy rebrand. Land. <laughs> so the Fae, they, um, they were also said to pop up in Sicilian towns at night. So they, they didn't just go over to mainland Italy. They'd hang out in Sicily. And they'd always be in groups of five or seven. And they even brought their own music like any good party or would. You're like, I need to bring my own tunes. So they bring this lute playing fairy that accompanies them as they freely walk into people's homes and chill with the families and their babies. But from what I could tell, anybody who doesn't already know the fairies who hasn't been accepted by the fairies or chosen by the fairies doesn't actually see them if they haven't been if the fairies haven't revealed themselves you've got this whole group of people partying in your house and you don't even know it okay and they're picking up your kid and they're like hey look at that cutie nobody knows your baby's just floating in the air (laughs) and that's when people are like hey it's a witch (laughs) superhuman (laughs) abilities so one of these people that has a house that it hasn't had the Fae revealed to him. He's chilling in his house and he's playing some music. He's just jamming out. And as he's jamming out and this fairy comes up behind him, he's like, yeah, that's cool too. Gets in too close to listen. And the guy just like nails him in the face. Nails the Fae right in the face. And the Fae's like, I don't like you anymore. So <laughs> <laughs> I don't care how good your music is. That's not cool. <laughs> So he, he kind of g- gives this guy a curse and uh, the guy develops a painful cramp. So although the fairies were generally considered to be really benevolent and generous, almost all the stories are that these guys were really nice and they were helpful and they were kind and they were good beings, but they're fae. So they can be quite fickle. Like the covens were sworn to do no harm, but you know, you get pissed off a fairy, you're taking your chances. They could be pretty easily offended. If anybody was going to speak about Christianity around them, that really pisses them off. But I can't really blame them for that one. Because Christianity either says, 
hey, those are just remnants of paganism that haven't been thoroughly wiped out, or they're devil work. Yeah. I think I'd be insulting. Yeah, I'd be offended by that too. You know Mm -hmm. what? Fuck you, Christianity. All right. If you happen to run afoul of an angry fae, there are some things that you can do to kind of smooth things over and get rid of the bad juju. People could go visit the local wise woman or medicine woman. And she was often one of these donyas also. So she's somebody who was chosen by the fae. And so a person could go hire her to come throw a dinner party for the fairies in their home while they slept. So the person who's affected hires her. They say, come back to my house, throw a party with my food, whatever. I'll just chill in here. Um, Let me know when you're all done. But apparently that really worked. They were pretty fond of it. So that was a pretty common thing. And from what I could tell, whenever they'd get mad, they didn't, nothing that they did was too awful. But to be fair, my research was limited. It did appear that Sicilians looked on them really favorably. They liked these fae. They didn't have any kind of fear of them. Uh, So that really kind of leads me to the conclusion that they're not cruel. There are just a few final things about the Donias de Fueras. They're shapeshifters. Most of them take the forms of cats, but some could also take the forms of an Adon. You want to know what an Adon is? Yes. I can't yes, tell you because nobody else knows either. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> I looked it up and everybody's like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't written down anywhere. No, nobody could figure it out. I saw that the Adons could kill, but I didn't see that there were any reports of the fairies killing anybody. So they had the ability to do it, but they didn't actually do it. Funny little fact. If you can say it's a fact about a fairy, I don't know. Fairy, these fairies kept a really strict schedule. They held meetings. They held meetings on, on specific nights. Every Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturday in the woods. So all of this information was given really freely to the Inquisitors, uh, which they were really surprised about. They talked to many people in Sicily. There were 65 people that were put on trial. Eight of them were men. But they all really freely gave this information because the Sicilians were like, we're not afraid of this. We've got We've got the Fae backing us up. There's nothing bad going on here. It's not really witchcraft the way you're calling it witchcraft. Uh, so they they were tried for sorcery or witchcraft. None of them were ever burned. Not awesome. one. Since the Donias never mentioned meeting the devil or doing anything that the Inquisitors considered devil worship, they just kind of brushed them off. They were like, these guys are weird and I guess we should call them <laughs> witches, but they, they're not bad. So some of them got jailed for a bit. If they ended up getting jailed again, like they were repeat offenders, they might get exiled. Some were let go without ever being charged. Others were basically just like given a slap on the wrist and said, stop being heretical. And they were like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so that that's the Donias de Fueras. Those are the fairies of Sicily, which I thought they were pretty freaking cool. I had never heard of Italian fairies. I mean, it makes sense. There are fairies all over and mythology everywhere, but... And this was... It's not, like, ancient. This was something that there are a lot of records of these women and their worship of the fairies. Like, it's... All of Sicily was like, yeah, cool, come on in. We got fairies here. There's sweet orgies and flying goats. (laughs) Sign me up for that. (laughs) I wonder if they had to use goats because nobody ever shipped horses over to Sicily and they're like, yeah, that's the closest thing we got. Totally joking. 
I'm just over here like goats can jump really high, so maybe they just leap really hard and that's it. They just coast. Goats are also jerks. I like goats. They're mean. They can be pretty mean. My thought process was, well, they're probably easier to wrangle than and sexier than a mule. Like a fine mule isn't as cool as like sexier, like a flying goat. Well, I mean, you know, you've got like the goat-headed gods all throughout history and things like that. That's true. As as some form of fertility god. And you think about like satyrs and stuff. Mm -hmm. Yeah. In mythology. Oh, that's a good point. That's a good point. See. Lindsay coming in for the win. Yeah, I just picture, like, <laughs> they did have some men, and I'm just, although, to be fair, they're Sicilian, so they're Italian, so they're probably on the shorter side, but I was picturing, like, some big-ass 600, 600, not 600 pounds, six-foot-tall dude on this tiny little goat trying to, like, fly through the air. <laughs> yeah, but it's, it's an like, fat man on a little goat. <laughs> <laughs> you just Tommy boy right now. <laughs> It seemed appropriate. <laughs> I'm sorry if I ruined the fairies for you. <laughs> it didn't. Let's be honest. Those guys were probably the size of Richard from Tommy Boy. So. <laughs> Much more doable. Like Yeah, probably. Weight capacity-wise for a goat. Yeah, that's true. Those poor goats are probably like, eh. We're not as aerodynamic <laughs> as I would like to be. <laughs> So I have one more stop for us on our delicious culinary tour. And for this, we'll head to Cyprus. Ooh. Which is not technically Greece, but we'll get there. Just a minute. My sources for this were cryptopia.us, britannica.com, historyandmyth.com. Uh. Oh, I read that wrong. Cyprus travelers. I thought it said cryptus travelers. What the hell is a cryptus traveler?.com biologyonline.com yes i found this on a biology website destinationtruth.fandom.com all right so although the island of cyprus uh, it's its own republic in the mediterranean it is not a greek island really from what i could tell it never technically has been a greek island but it does have a lot of shared history language and culture with greece a lot of um, grecians settled cyprus so I lumped it in. I was like, "This it's good enough. It's close enough. So I'm sorry, Cyprus. I know that you're not part of Greece. And I'm just making it clear. I know that you know that I know. (laughs) (laughs) Now everybody knows that we know something. But what it is, nobody knows. (laughs) The creature reported to make its home in the underwater caves off the coast of the resort town Ayanapa in Cape Greco maybe part ancient myth and part urban legend. So this kind of ties everything together for this this little nice. series. It's a little bit of everything. Hey, it's our <laughs> supreme pizza. A little bit of everything. <laughs> this is the supreme slice for you. The Ayanapa sea monster is known locally as Philikos Teres, which means the friendly monster, because there are no reports of it ever having harmed anyone. Though there are some reports of it causing property damage to fishing nets. It'll get caught in them and it'll tear them. But it's not like it's intentionally damaging anything. Of course, uh, because it's an aquatic cryptid, 
It's also been known as the Cypress Loch Ness because we have to, you know, anglicize everything. Mm-hmm. That's what we do. We do do that. Descriptions of the creature vary, a lot like poor Larry. Larry varied. <laughs> and this is very Larry. It's me! It's Cypress! <laughs> Some have reported that it has multiple heads and limbs, much like Scylla from, from ancient Greek mythology. Yeah. Others, others, particularly fishermen, have said that it looks more like a plesiosaur or Nessie. And some people have even said that it resembles a crocodile. Does any of this sound familiar today? <laughs> it's Larry's cousin. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll hit on all of these. So for those of you who might not be familiar with one or both of these creatures, I'm hoping you're familiar with a crocodile. If not, go out and get a freaking book, dude. I'll give you or a brief... Google it. Yeah. Google. I'll give you a brief description so that you can picture it. <laughs> Google. Google it. Larry. <laughs> Come on, dude. Just Google it. <laughs> so, Scylla. Scylla was this woman thing that lived in a cave. She had 12 legs that were like tentacles and six heads on long necks. Her heads each had three rows of sharp teeth and her loins were, quote, girdled by the heads of baying dogs. She just sounds like a delight. I mean, I'd swipe right. I'm just kidding. <laughs> was it the baying dogs? You're like, yeah. I was like, yeah, yeah. So that's a Scylla, folks. <laughs> we'll, bring it, we'll bring it back a little bit. <laughs> Let's bring it back. A plesiosaur. A plesiosaur, on the other hand, was a real animal that lived between 208 and 66 million years ago. It was a marine reptile, much like the Lariosaurus, but bigger. It was a lot bigger. These were up to 15 meters, so they were 50 feet long. And they had long necks and flippers. Further front appendages, just like Larry. So those are the two that this thing has comp- been compared to, which vary just a little bit. You know, 12 legs, whatever, flippers for feet. Those are definitely the same thing, right? Dog loins, whatever. It's all mm-hmm. good. I mean, we all have that stage in our life at some point. No. <laughs> Puberty is a bitch for everyone. <laughs> at some point, it's barking at somebody. <laughs> We know we've all had that day where it's going, get away, don't touch me. Ashley's like rubbing her arms to comfort herself. I'm actually (laughs) digging my nails in so I stop laughing. (laughs) (laughs) Philicos Terrace. So apparently Philicos Terrace, the friendly monster, gets spotted quite a lot, which really isn't that surprising. There are a lot of tours from the island that specifically go out to seek it out. But even with all of these supposed sightings, I wasn't really able to find a whole bunch of direct eyewitness reports of what they experienced. And there's definitely no video or photo evidence of its existence aside from like the typical overly blurry ones like Sasquatch running through the woods type things. But, you know, 18 legs, 12 legs, whatever, just floating through the water. And how would you know what you were looking for if the differences are, well, it could have like a million and one heads with three rows of teeth and like dogs bubbling underneath because they're barking underwater. <laughs> or it's it's basically the Sinclair dinosaur with flippers. 
I just imagine it had to be so uncomfortable for her, for her to sit down. Like, you have to always lay on your side with that many legs and dark dogs up in there. Like, you cannot sit down. You definitely aren't doing the splits. Does she have any arms? I think it's all or legs. Was she just like an octopus? So, from the pictures that I've seen, they draw her with like a human torso, but I don't know. Like, it varied. The descriptions were that she had a whole bunch of legs. But they draw her with a human torso. Ashley might know a little better. I haven't seen a lot of pictures. I'm mostly just familiar with the scene in the Odyssey where they have to go mm-hmm. between Scylla and Charybdis. Yep, yep. And there were also a lot of comparisons to Charybdis, but yeah. Scylla was the more common one, so that's the one I stuck with. Especially because yeah. I didn't want to describe all of Greek mythology. Mm-hmm. It's all good. Odysseus chose Scylla and her head's picked off some of his dudes. Mm-hmm. Lindsay, if you want to Google a picture, it's S-C-Y-L-L-A. So there, there's really no evidence of the friendly monster. There are ancient descriptions of a creature, which was often depicted on bases. But from what I can tell, these are basically the descriptions of the Scylla which was definitely not friendly, but these no. <laughs> the, these sightings do go back to ancient times in that region. So it could be this thing that's just kind of, it was an ancient myth that stuck around and kind of morphed throughout time. That's why it's kind of like part myth, part urban legend. There's a villa in Paphos, Cyprus that was built in the third century BCE. So that's before common era. So that villa is still standing, and it contains a mosaic of Scylla, which that may have continued to kind of inspire that belief of the creature throughout the centuries in that area. But apparently, this is so popular in Cyprus that the government is actually pretty interested in Philikos Terrace, and there's debate about whether they want to determine its existence. A lot of people say they've been spending money to go out and look for it, and the government's like, no, we're actually doing something else. We're looking for a crocodile. Why, why the confusion, you might ask? <laughs> Two very different things. Well, um, beginning in 2005, people in the city uh, Limassol reported sightings of a giant sea reptile, though it may have just been a crocodile that was illegally released. So the Ministry of Fisheries and Marine Affairs did go out in 2008 to try and capture it. They waited three years, you know. As Makes sense. But this si- I guess the sighting started in 2005, but they went on for quite a while, and the government's finally like, I guess we should actually do something here. Typical government, right? Three years later. Uh, so they, they thought that they'd go out and they'd find some kind of sea snake, but they were never able to catch anything, especially not what people were describing. So the government, big surprise, doesn't find anything. Not terribly useful. In episode 13 of season 4 of Destination Truth, the crew, you know, have you guys ever watched Destination Truth? No. Josh something, something. I don't know. I've watched the show, but it's been a long time. The, the crew in this episode, they go in search of it. They're really interested in it. And they interviewed locals and checked out the underwater spots that were recommended. So they actually got stories from people who said that they'd seen it. Or that they'd heard of it. and This is the best place to go look for it. So while they were down there, uh, they found fishing nets that appeared to have been chewed on. And they did have something pull on their underwater camera. After analysis, though, it was concluded that the locals may just be seeing a basking shark and mistaking it for a cryptid. Do you guys know what a basking shark is? I don't. Mm -mm. 
Okay, so the basking shark is like the big, I think it's the biggest shark, right? No, no, no. That would be the whale shark. The basking shark is like the second, right? Oh, okay. It's the second largest living shark. Yeah. <laughs> but they don't eat people. They're, they have really big mouths. They're the ones that have like the wind turbine looking mouth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think it's really unlikely that people were confusing this with something that looks like a plesiosaur or like Scylla with 12 legs. They're really big. They're huge. They're plankton eating sharks. They look like sharks. And considering that it's spotted by locals who live near the water their entire freaking lives and literally make their professions on the water, I think they'd be able to identify a shark that's common in their area. I would think so. They probably can recognize, hey, that's a basking shark. Yeah, that's terrifying. Another reason why I don't like open water. Mm -hmm. So, again, we have descriptions that vary depending on who you're talking to, and they're pretty wild, a lot like poor Larry. What we, we just don't know. Is Philicos Terrace a real creature? It could be. It could be that we're confusing it with something else. It could be a crocodile that's in the area. Although these sightings seem to go back much, much longer. So I don't think they live that long. Crocodiles? Yeah. How long do they live? 30, 50 years? Um, well, I would say they probably don't live 2,500 years. They don't. No. They don't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Since that's about how far back this history goes. <laughs> well, no, but I'm just saying. Like, yeah. They can live to be decent ages. They but... can live to be 100 years old. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 70 to 100. But these sightings, from what I could tell, they go, they've been around since the area has been settled, much like the Sicily and Larry and the Donios de Flores. So that's why, I mean, again, it's a cryptid. We don't have any physical evidence, even if there are loads of sightings. There are plenty of people who believe in it. Obviously, that region is not going to go out and actively uh, debunk this mm-hmm. because they have a whole tourism industry built around it. Hello. Yeah. You trying to get up in on this action? I have a friendly kitty. I heard it <laughs> earlier. I was like, there's a cat. So those were my cryptids for today. That was your very fishy taste of <laughs> Greco-Roman <laughs> cryptozoology. <laughs> you are getting very friendly. Is it all the fish? You just wanted to be up here because of the fish, huh? Yeah. No. <laughs> Sorry, Emmett wants to be a part of everything. So does anybody have anything good to talk about before we close this episode out? I feel like I thought of something and then I forgot what it was. I know the feeling. Mine's not get good. Old. <laughs> yeah. Yours isn't um, good? The, well, it's not a good story, but it, I like it. So I got a new phone case. Ooh. It's Black Widow. Oh, is that what that is? glass window. Very like nice. Well, I'm pretty stoked about that. My old one was really scratched up and it was making me sad because it was Baby Yoda. (laughs) Did I ever tell you guys about the time my butt broke my phone? No. No. (laughs) Chill out, Emmett. Sit down. You're knocking things around. So, two years ago, Joel and I were hiking and uh, I got up and down these rocks, no problem. But once I got onto flat ground, I slipped and fell on my butt. And in my back pocket was my phone. So my butt broke my phone. Bad. (laughs) I I could not use it at all. So I went like a month without a phone, which 
sucked. Took it to a repair shop. Took a month to order it because it was a special screen. Finally got go to get I pick it up. It's like a hundred dollars to get it fixed, which is great on a phone that probably cost me a hundred dollars in the first freaking place. Yep. Get home, get out of the car, it falls and shatters on the ground. No. Oh my god. As you might well predict, there were some expletives going out of my mouth. (laughs) I'm sure my neighbors were like, What is wrong with that chick? Oh my god. That's like when I had my windshield replaced. So in the spring, there's always road construction in Minnesota. Like mm-hmm. it's a there is joke. here too. Believe yeah, me, not. it's it's just a running joke that there's two seasons: winter and road construction season. I was driving to work one day in a construction zone, and this truck in front of me had kicked up this huge rock that made a big crack in my screen in my in your windshield in my windshield in your screen <laughs> your car screen my car screen <laughs> and so like i was like this sucks so i called and had it replaced you know where they come out to your work and they fix it for you and that was like right before memorial day weekend and the only reason i remember that is because my husband's young cousin was staying with us for a few days over the weekend and as we're driving back from dropping him off at home, not even two days after I had replaced the windshield, a truck in front of me kicked up a rock and it smacked my windshield literally in almost the exact same spot that the first thing happened. And I audibly like gasped super loud and went, no. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> so just like, oh, no. <laughs> Thomas, he like saw it happen and he like turned to me real slow and he put his like hand on my leg and he's like, I'm really sorry. <laughs> I was like, well, what am I going to do? I can't call them and be like, hey, fun fact. You know, I know you just replaced my windshield, but can you come replace it again? <laughs> Because they only let you do it like twice a year. So I still haven't replaced it. I have to do it again. Sucks when that happens. <laughs> I'm not laughing at your misfortune. I just keep hearing you go, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> and it's funny because the kids, they were sitting in the back and they thought I had like hit an animal or something from the way that I gasped really loud. And I was like, no, I just... Got a chip in my windshield. They think you hit an animal, but they're not like, hey, where was that large impact that I should have been expecting from hitting an animal? Yeah. Kids. Well, they're, they're kids. They yeah. Speaking of kids, I have a funny kid story for you. Does it involve poop in the bathtub? Not this time. <laughs> <laughs> Did I, I tell you that one already? I was going yeah. to make a comment uh. <laughs> earlier when you said I don't like swimming in water that's open it. <laughs> like, like the bathtub. <laughs> I forgot I told you guys that. <laughs> yeah, you did. You told oh, us that boy. We were talking about how he learned how to like capture his fart bubbles. Oh, yeah. Being a mom of boys is interesting. <laughs> no, this one's funny, but it's not gross. I don't have too many of those, so I appreciate them to the fullest when I do. (laughs) Very often when speaking to the boys or to Joel, I don't get a response. And it drives me up a wall. So I've taken 
to sarcastically saying good talk and then walking away (laughs) (laughs) because I just get so irritated. So the other day, I can't remember which one of them was saying it to me, but one of the boys had asked me a question and I was genuinely pondering my response and they go, good talk and walked out of the room. I was like, you salty little butthead. <laughs> like, <laughs> All right. Thank you for listening. Pineapple Pizza Podcast. It's sweet and definitely cheesy. Not everyone understands our awesomeness, but we're sure glad that you do. If you're enjoying the show and you'd like to help support us, check out our Tee Public shop for some amazingly fun and funny merch. Or if you want to do a one-time donation, you can do that on buymeacoffee.com and buy us a fresh slice because we can never get enough of basically anything, if we're being honest. If you absolutely love the show and you want to check out some fantastic bonus content, you can become a donor on Patreon and earn all kinds of amazing benefits. We have three tiers to accommodate almost any budget. The $3 Mythbuster, $7 Cryptid Hunter, and $15 Storyteller. Become a patron today and start enjoying all the perks and extra content right away. Don't forget... You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at PineAppPizzaPod. That's PineAppAppPizzaPod. You can also send us questions, comments, and topic ideas at PineAppAppPizzaPod at gmail.com. Remember, there's the two P's in app. Otherwise, you're emailing someone else and I don't want to be held responsible for that. Thanks for stopping in for some deliciously weird morsels. And just remember, no matter how you slice it, you're awesome. And we love you.